Santa's coming. What's up, Internet? And ho, ho, ho! Welcome to a very special Christmas-themed episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Peter Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hey, guys. You're, the, you're my magical Christmas elf today, Steve. I'm, I'm Santa today. I'm feeling <laughs> festive. It's great. <laughs> I'm really so, hope like DJs put like a little Jingle Bells theme. Like, some, like, oh yeah, he better put some Christmas music. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I feel like I feel like we just need to take the vert, like the the main theme, and just add Jingle Bells behind yeah. it, like a really yeah. like a lazy sitcom Christmas opening, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm down for that. Like add those little, little sleigh bells, Jingle Bells, whatever they're called, in, and it, anything instantly sounds a bit Christmassy. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna part the kimono for you listeners this week. Uh, I threw out the signal. I asked for your end of the year, game of the year questions. This was supposed to be our game of the year, end of the year special, but I'm throwing them on blast. Pixel never showed up. He no called, no showed to this podcast recording. So Steve and I are here holding down the fort. We didn't want to just skip a show for you this week, so we decided we're gonna do something a little different this week while we wait because we didn't want to. You know, we want Pixel's opinions in the Game of the Year conversation, of course. Uh, so what we're going to do is this week, we're going to give you guys, for a, we'll say a holiday gift. We like to keep it inclusive here. Uh, we're Welcome to After Dark. This is After Dark, our patron-exclusive show. Uh, but we're going to do it this week as a Christmas special, so it'll be a little off topic. We'll talk about some non-Nintendo stuff, and uh, we're, you know, we're just going to get, get get into the mix of it and just have some Christmas fun. So, uh Hopefully you enjoy this episode enough that you decide you want to go check out more After Darks and go support us over on patreon.com slash lootpots as one does if they want to listen to After Dark. Um, but otherwise, just enjoy the show. <laughs> so, uh, Steve, th- this show's a lot looser than the real show. We don't have segments. Oh, it's way we just, looser. See, we got like no sections, no anything. There's no zero structure to this. No it's, jingles. It's literally, yeah. It really <laughs> is wherever the conversation goes. <laughs> so where do you want to start? I mean, I I know this week you've been playing a game that's not Nintendo related, so you won't get oh. to talk about it on the main show. So we can talk about it here because it's let's talk about it. Do whatever the hell we want. So how is Star Wars? Whatever Jedi it's Fallen called? Order. Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, uh, it's very good. Um, so it is. Uh, so I was talking about this on the Gamer Delphia podcast recently. It's probably the best, like, focused story Star Wars game. Like, uh-huh. I think that there are a lot of people out there who have a soft spot in their hearts for Knights of the Old Republic, uh, understandably so. But I think that, like, obviously that game being, like, a Bioware game, and then the second one I think was Obsidian, um, they're very, like, choosy. You know, it's like, do you want to be light side? Do you want to be dark side? Do you, is this person your companion or your enemy? Like, that thing. And I think that kind of game inherently leads to like good video game storytelling and makes you feel like the world is deeper and all that stuff. So like Fallen Order is very much a like last gen AAA game or like what Sony still does with their stuff where it's a third person action game. You have a main character, there's a main storyline, you play through the storyline and that's that. And for that, I think it's the best Star Wars game of its kind. Um okay. Because I I truly don't remember the last time I played a Star Wars game that felt this significant. And even the ones that are good, you know, from from eras past, I think a lot of them have not aged super well. And, you know, 
nostalgia aside, a lot of them don't look as good upon a revisit, you know? Whereas with this with this game, like, it's very tight. Like, it has a few technical hiccups, like, here and there that have definitely, you know, um, where I think the things that kept it from reviewing higher than it already did, which is pretty high. Uh, but those things are, like, gradually getting patched out, and I've noticed that the game, like, plays better and better as I continue to play it. The only Star Wars game I can ever really remember playing is um, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace on the, on the original PlayStation. Sure, yeah. And they like start out in this room, and like the poison gas is coming in, and then they're like going into the hall. I used to love that game, and I pick up a blaster as soon as possible. I loved um, Jedi Power Battles on the PlayStation One, which was like oh, a, I that. it was like a it was like a multiplayer like beat 'em up kind of uh-huh. game. It was a lot of fun. And I've played but, a bit of Episode One Racer as well. That was oh on Pod Racer, the N64. That game that was, was fun. fun. That yeah, game was legitimately fun. fun. That's yeah. the best thing that came out of the prequels. Have Have you played um, Titanfall at all? Uh, or yeah, Titanfall yeah. Two. I never played. I demoed two, but I played one. Pretty. How does the like gameplay stack up to that? Does it feel very similar? Like I know this in the trailer, there was like some wall running, and there was like a lot of the same kind of mechanics that were in Titanfall. It doesn't feel similar, like really at all. Um, okay. I think I think if you didn't know that Respawn made both of those games, you wouldn't be like, "Oh, this is a Respawn game," mm-hmm. because yeah, there's like the wall run and stuff, but like those things feel more limited than in Titanfall. Like Titanfall, I think the thing that's most like interesting about it from a gameplay perspective is that like it's so fluid. You know, the way that your character moves, like, you feel like you're just, like, you know, you're, like, gliding. You know, like, you you move so quickly and so, like, effortlessly. And I feel like with Fallen Order, everything is a little bit more deliberate. Like, when you do do the wall run, it's, like, very much a – I don't want to say, like, a puzzle thing, but it's, like, a – metroid thing where like once you get the wall run you're like oh now this is this new traversal tool that i have so it's like not so much about you like you know oh i'm gonna dash around the environment and fly all over the place it's more like okay cool i have this wall run now i can get to this new part of the map i've never seen before Mm -hmm. because it's definitely got heavy metroidvania vibes like one of the things that's most interesting about it is there's no fast traveling ever unless you're going from planet to planet so like whenever you go to a planet uh, you have to like, you know, say that you go to a planet for the first time, right? And you have this goal that's on the entire other side of the map. When you're done with that main thing, you have to walk back to your ship and traverse the entire planet backward. Okay. Yeah. I was listening to Kirk Hamilton on the um, Kotaku Space Green podcast talking about this, and he was saying at least at the end of the game, he wished that you could just fast travel back to the ship. Didn't I care de- about anything else, but just wanted to be able to fast travel back to ships. It felt like it was a lot of wasted time just traversing across the planet. Yeah, so I think that is that is the choice that I probably take the most issue with. Where I I understand the desire there, where I think that they want you to explore the map, you know, because it is the maps are big. And there are segments every time you go to a planet, like you go back to them later and you have new abilities so you can access places you couldn't access before. And there's like all these collectibles and whatever. So like there's an incentive to do that and they kind of force you to do it on some level. 
which I can understand like as a choice for wanting to funnel the players to play the game a certain way. But I generally err on the side of that's not really their job as developers. Like I, I think convenience and like fun should be the name of the game. Yeah. And like there's nothing wrong with wanting to make the game hard. That's why the combat's hard. And the combat is pretty challenging. I think even if you're like a fairly decent action game player, like normal mode is not easy, you know? Um, and like hard, hard mode is hard. I don't think there's any shame in, in choosing a difficulty that lets you just experience a game, by the way. No, I like, don't think so either. That's I fine. turned on the um, assistive mode on Celeste because some of those levels were really hard and I just couldn't yeah. do them. Uh, and I know everyone's like, oh, you know, you should play it the way they, the devs wanted you to experience it. And I'm just, mm, no, I, I don't take that. I'm just like, if you want to experience a game, you want to experience a story, and you just want to have fun. Games shouldn't be a chore. They should feel, it's like one of the ways you entertain yourselves. And if that's your mm-hmm. primary form of entertainment, just do something that makes you happy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it has to be like a, a, a dick measuring contest, right? Like, I, I, mm. I don't ascribe to that like i generally play games on normal um because yeah, i i do kind of have that attitude of like well this is probably what they intended it to be like but if right? it's too difficult then i'll i'll push it down yeah if, I, if i'm not having fun i'll bump it down like i said like i remember i played a chunk of the last of us i bumped it down to easy because i was yeah. getting frustrated with this one part of the game and i was like screw it i don't want to do this anymore it's not fun mm-hmm. so i beat that one segment popped it back up to where i wanted it to be and kept playing you know it's like at the end of the day, like it's about you having a good time and servicing what is going to make the experience better. And I think I, I agree with that criticism where like not having the ability to fast travel, there are times where – like last night, for example, I, I worked for a full day yesterday and then immediately afterwards, I bounced over to – you know, it's like a 30-minute drive over to the studio where they record the Gamer Delphia podcast. And I went and did two episodes in a row with them. So I was podcasting for like, you know, like two, almost three hours after a full work day. And I came home and I was tired. And like I wanted to play Star Wars, but I opened it up and was like, ah, I'm in the middle of this fucking map and I got to figure out how to get back. And I don't, I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to do this right now. You know, and I just didn't play because it was too much Effort. That's that's that to me is like a bad design trait. If it's putting you off from playing, it's probably something yeah. that should be. You should have the option. Yeah, I you know? I quite liked the way um, Horizon Zero Dawn handled fast travel. So you have like these fast travel packs that you could purchase, or I think craft from like limited. You resources. could also craft them, yeah. Um, but it was like a choice: do I waste my resources on doing a fast travel pack because I don't want to travel across the map? Or do I want to spend those resources on making, like, first aid or arrows or whatever it may be? Or it might have been that some of those resources were difficult to find, so you would have had to look around for them. But then as you get further into the game, you, you get enough gold or enough money, or I can't remember what the currency is, to purchase, like, um, an unlimited fast travel pack. So once you've got to the point where you've seen most of the map anyway... You could, within game, essentially unlock fast travel to any point in time, and I spent I spent all my money as soon as as soon as humanly possible to buy that unlimited fast travel pack. So I was just like, "Nass on this, I want to be able to fast travel all over the place." Yeah, and see, I like I I feel like that was a good solution. I feel like even the way that Red Dead Redemption did it was not bad, where like you can only really fast travel from your camp, which like so in 
uh, Fallen Order, there's a kind of like Dark Souls campfire-esque system called Meditation. So you have these meditation circles that you'll find in the map, and whenever you go to them, you can spend your skill points, uh, yeah. which is you know your EXP, and or you can heal. And every time that you heal, it respawns all the enemies on the map that you've killed. Oh, so that. Yeah. So and, and that's fine. I don't I don't mind that. But I think if if I was able to fast travel from any of those. That would make such a huge difference. Like, if I don't need to be able to fast travel anywhere, but if I could find a meditation panel and then get back to my ship, that would be like, okay, cool. Like, that's a good way to limit me without making yeah. me feel like, fuck, I have to walk all the way back. And it's making you learn the map as well, because you have to, planet. like, find the meditation panels in the first place. Yeah, because there's not that many of them. Yeah. So, like, you'd still have to do that backtracking. And I think a lot of players, myself included in some cases, would be like, well, I'll just walk the rest of the way. I'll see what else is there. I'll go check off these other things on the map. Is um, Jedi Fallen Order your favorite Metroidvania or, uh, of recent memory, then? Definitely, yeah. Okay. Uh, because, obviously, like I've said, uh, Metroidvanias I don't generally drive with. But this game, because it's in a 3D space, it's way less... It's way less of the problem I end up having with Metroidvanias a lot, where I feel like I get kind of lost, and I feel like I'm just wandering. Uh And not to say that I've never gotten lost on these maps, but because they are in open 3D environments where there's a little bit more, like, biodiversity, because it's not, like, you know, um, it's, you know, 2D games, games are more limited. Right in their art scope, like you look at like Hollow Knight or something like that, and a lot of the chambers have a similar look to them, you know, because it's just kind of like, well, this is what this section of the map looks like, and there's like certain topography that's getting used over again and stuff like that. And I feel like in a 3D space, there's a lot more landmarks usually, like it's easier to be like, oh, right, like. I'm near this weird rock formation or, oh yeah, I dropped down from up there. Like, and I can see in a room like, well, this is one way to get out and that's one way to get out. And like, it's, it's a little bit less like I'm just running down hallways and I don't know where I'm going. You know? I get that. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, It kind of reminds me of like um, people that used to play Firewatch that without having the, um, your hair marker on the map, so you, like one of the ways you could play it to kind of make it more difficult or more realistic for yourself is turn the marker off and just use the compass and the map and use landmarks to find where yeah. you are, which was always, a, I thought, a quite, way, uh, quite a cool way of uh, approaching that game. Um, so as this was meant to be our Game of the Year episode, as you said at the beginning of the show, what's your like Game of the Year that's a non-Nintendo game? I th- Let me check. I, I had to make this list for... For Gamer Delphia, I'm pretty sure that most of them are, are Nintendo games this yeah, year. Yeah, I have I have really only played a, a limited number of non-Nintendo games this year. For me, the the game that stands out the most is Resident Evil 2. So, Star Wars is actually the highest ranking game on my Game of the Year list that is okay. not a Nintendo game. Yeah. There's, there's a few that I miss, like I really want to play Control from Remedy Games, which looks really cool. Um... I feel like I've already said my game of the year enough where I can just read this it's list. It's Fire Emblem. Yeah, it's Fire Emblem. Yeah. So, so my don't, top don't, five... No, 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 don't read it. Don't read it. I want to know on the main show. Okay. All right. 
Fine. Because yeah. otherwise, like, why are people going to tune in next week? Fair, fair. You're, right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe to listen to Pixel because he's not here. <laughs> we could go. Or I want to go through some of the games I missed this year that okay. I, I w- w- want to get back to and talk about. Kind of like a backlog that's come up for 2019. So my number one on that list is Life is Strange 2. So Life is really? Strange 2 started releasing in December of last year, I think, was when the first episode came out. It was very, very late 2018 was when episode one came out. So two through five have been this year. And when they first announced it, I played episode one when it came out and I loved it and was like, wow, this is really like it's deeper. It's it's very heavy. Like I really enjoyed the first episode, but uh, they had announced that it was going to have an irregular release schedule where it would come out just kind of like when they were done. And they're like, it'll definitely be done by the end of 2019, but we don't know when and whatever. So I kind of just was like, all right, I'm going to wait because that was how I played the original Life is Strange was more like as a singular experience. And that's just what I wanted out of it. So now the problem is that Sarah and I wanted to play it together. And like, it's been really tough finding the time and the episodes are super long. So the other night we were playing it and we played for like a solid, like probably hour and a half, two hours. And we were almost at the end. And she was like, I need to take a break. This is really dark. Like this is heavy. And I was not expecting it to be this heavy. Like, so it was kind of like, okay, cool. Like let's, take a break from it but now i'm just like okay like i really 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 need to finish this game because it's driving me crazy that i haven't played it you know so you're on episode episode two no because that's the thing i we were playing episode one together now i played episode one by myself when it was new so now i haven't even like seen anything beyond episode one okay so you've got a lot to go fucking driving me crazy yeah because it's like each one's like three hours so i have like fucking 12 12 hours of life is strange to play after i finish the first episode it's ridiculous um so i'm at the point where like i really am gonna have to like push her to start playing it with me or i'm gonna be like look i need to play this by myself and we can play it later together like yeah. at your leisure is that um, like a, is that something you you guys can do over christmas or are you not spending christmas together no we're gonna be spending christmas together so hopefully we can do it over the break yeah like next week I only am working on Monday, and then we have the rest of the week off. Okay, so I'm cool. hoping, like, maybe, you know, 26th, like, the 27th is my birthday. Uh, ah, no, and the 28th is mine, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, December, so, baby. Yeah, we're both going to be old this year. Um, yeah. We're born <laughs> in the same year, right? 92. Yeah. 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 27, man. I know. It's does it feel weird? weird. It does feel weird. Yeah. yeah, like, I... Because I, it's, like, three years, and then that's it. You're not 20 anymore. I know. Yeah, because, like, I remember being, like, 25 and being, like, whoa, this is, like, a big deal. That was a like big I'm, turning point for me, yeah. I'm halfway through my 20s. Like, I need to start thinking about my life differently. Like, I got to get my shit together. And, like, you know, since then, I've made a lot of really, really positive changes in my life. You know, like, I, I moved. I got my own place. Like, I got a new job. Um, All kinds of stuff that was, like, you know... Uh, or I joined Loot Pots, like all things that definitely like made me feel like cool, like yeah. I'm moving forward in my life, and you know, like I'm I'm grown up a little bit, and like those are great things. Um, 26, I remember feeling like, all right, cool, no big deal. Like I'm still, I've still got a good amount of my 20s left, but mm-hmm. now at 27, I'm like, oof, you're closing in on the big 3-0. You know, like it's like you got a few years left of being like young and in that like oh, we're in that Target demo where they care about our money and stuff and our opinions matter. And then it's like, 
Now, now then we're adults. Then we're nah, real 20, adults. Twenty five was when like I realized they stopped caring. When you do four, and it's like eighteen twenty four, and it's like I'm not in that anymore. I'm twenty five to thirty, and I'm like, oh fuck this. It's after thirty. That's where it's like, okay, I don't know, you know. But it's like I feel like that matters less and less too. Like I, I yeah, think about how many people there are that I think of. Like, like, people whose, like, podcasts I listen to and stuff like that or whatever, right? Who, like, I think of as being older than me, but oh, are not. One of my favorite podcasters is in his 50s. And I'm like, if I can be doing this in my 50s, then... F- You're good to go. Yeah. Who is that? Merlin Mann. What's, what show does he do? He does um, Do By Friday. He does a show called Reconciled oh, the I Differences. Oh, I know Do By Friday. Okay. I love Do By Friday. So he does it with uh, Max Temkin, who's um, one of the creators of... Cards Against Humanity and uh, oh, Secret cool. Hitler. Cool. So, yeah, Merlin Man is 53. That's cool, and man. His, and his podcasting still. Yeah. I, I, I think he's hilarious. He's such a funny that's, person. That's my thing is I'm like, you know, I've been podcasting for a couple of years now. I think I'm starting to get pretty good at it. Like, if I podcast for like 20 more years, like, eventually I got it. It's got to work out, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> just keep doing it. <laughs> By that point, podcasts will become unpopular and then repopular again, probably. Well, Merlin, like, used to be, like, this, like, big productivity guy. He, like, invented that, like, Inbox Zero thing that everyone was, like, big into uh, okay. a while sure. ago. And, like, now he's just, like, he didn't give a shit about any of that stuff, really. He still does this show called Back to Work, but um, they really don't talk about productivity all that much these days. <laughs> he's like, I'm not that productive anymore. I'm 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slowing down. So, yeah, what else have you got on the list, then, for your, like, games that you missed this year? So you've got Life is Strange, although you did kind of play a little bit. Because I guess, for me, I've got Fire Emblem. I played a little bit, never yeah. finished the fucking thing. Yeah, you've got, like, 50 hours ahead of you. Yeah. Um. So there's that. I really want to play Disco Elysium, which I've heard yeah. a lot of good things about. I, I um, can't play it on PC. So I'm really I don't want to, to play console. it on PC. That's the problem. Like, I can, I just don't really like playing games on PC that much. So it's like, do I wait? Like, it's still not announced for other platforms. It's like, got to be coming to other platforms. It's been, like, sweeping up awards. It's got yeah. to be coming, Did you, coming it to won, other platforms. It won the most awards at the Game Awards this year. Did it really? It had four awards, yeah. Okay. Which it's is pretty cool. It's got to be coming then, hasn't it? Yeah, probably. Um, That, so also Outer Wilds. Yeah, Outer Wilds is on my list. It's, um, it looks insane. But I've also, been waiting for a Switch port for that. Yeah, that's got to be in the works as well, a Switch port for Outer Worlds. And same for Outer Worlds, I'm waiting I'm for I'm just going to play on PS4. I'm just going to play it on. That. I got Outer Worlds, actually. I picked that up on sale uh, on, like, Black Friday weekend. It was on yeah. sale for, like, I think it was down to, like, 30 bucks, 35 or something like that. And then I had, when I went, I was, like, in the checkout. And I was like, all right, do I want this? Like, is this a good enough deal to bite? Or should I wait? Uh, and I noticed that I had chase dollars from my credit card that i could use on amazon so i got it for like 17 bucks and i was like fuck it that's an incredible deal like i'll check it out it's to me so, i'll be playing that on game pass if i'm playing it on xbox or pc yeah yeah you should um so i got that and then after party which is um the next game from the studio that did oxen free okay yeah i never so finished that i, I like oxen free a lot with, with it um, yeah, I like Doxin Free a lot, so I've been looking forward to this one. And Similar it came style, out. like really distant yeah. 2D. Yep, yeah, and it's it's about these two friends who find themselves in hell and are like, we're not supposed to be here. We got to find a way to not be in hell anymore. Yeah. Um, this seems like a fun premise, and 
from what I've heard, it's pretty good. So it didn't like make the same splash that Oxenfree did, but it's been it reviewed well and seems to be you know getting some attention. So definitely another one I want to check out. Um, I think that's it for the year. Oh, and Resident Evil Two, I'd like to, but I don't oh. know that I'll have time. I don't know that I'll have time for that. That's that's also one of my like most hotly anticipated games twenty twenty now. Oh Resident shit, Evil and 3. and Luigi's Mansion Three, which I still haven't played. Yeah, oh yeah, I've got so many games on my list. So like, I've got Outer Worlds, Outer Wilds, Control. Star Wars Fallen Order, oh, those are the non-Nintendo I, ones. I have a free copy of Control for PC, too. I should probably try it. <laughs> yeah, you probably should play that. Return of Obra Dinn, they came out on Switch. Oh, like, that too, that. yeah! Oh my God. Sayonara Wild Hearts, I never got around to playing Sayonara Wild Hearts. That hasn't come Hearts. out anywhere yet, except... Oh, you have an iPhone, though. No, it's on Switch. Oh, it's on Switch? Yeah, Sayonara Wild Hearts I thought it was coming to Switch. Switch. No, it's on Switch. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Divinity Original Sin 2. But I'm sure. probably gonna get the physical copy from the mid run. I've decided ga- I'm buying that for you've myself. Been talking about playing for like six months, like you're like I'm gonna, I'm, one day I'm gonna yeah. play Divinity. Original I've been waiting for a physical copy. Then they fucking did a limited run release, and I'm like, ugh. But I'm just gonna buy the bullet. I'm just gonna pay you the fourteen dollars ninety nine shipping to the UK, which is outrageous. But I'm just gonna do it. Pillars of Eternity that got ported to Switch. I would like to check that out at some point. That's the like CRPG from Obsidian, the game they did before. Um, our worlds read all about it blood sweat and pixels luigi's mansion 3 yep the witcher 3 i want to play that you're not gonna fucking play that game (laughs) stop lying to yourself you're not gonna fucking play it it's like a four-year-old game you didn't play it when it was new and you didn't like it you're not gonna like it now i have a feeling that's what our gift is from pixel you know uh, I have a real feeling that's what the gift is. I bet is. it is. That yeah. son of a bitch, he would do that. <laughs> Make us play it. So then it's going to be like, now you've all got it, you can do a games club with me. I 100% think that's oh what it's going to be. Oh my god. I'll try it if you sent it. I'll play it again. I just don't... I don't know. Uh, so fucking I wanna... long. <laughs> yeah, I have 200 I hours. I don't have any time. I've alone... decided, though, I'm just going to I'm just gonna do it. Like... I'm just... I, I really just want to tr- give it a good try, at least. And if I get hooked, then great. Because I've got a I've got a break to play some games. If I get hooked, I'm gonna become I'll just like be a full time Witcher three on Switch streamer. Oh like, yeah, which yeah. Your nobody's gonna want to watch. Your cosplay is Geralt, and you'll be it's like, like yeah. hey, do you guys want to watch me stream the lowest yeah. quality version of this game? Mm-hmm. Check it out. Uh, I want to play The Tourist. Have you seen that game? Yes. So I think that was pretty cool. The like voxel style game. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard good things about it. Parker from uh, Fanatics 4 was tweeting about it recently. Okay. I might, yeah. I might uh, hit him up and see what he thinks about it. Um, Super Hot, it came to Switch. I'd quite like to give that a retry. Ooh, Super Hot never, is so fun. Never finished that game. I played it in VR most recently and was like, damn, this is this is a game that was really made for VR. Yeah, and there's a few games that like if they come on sale, I might pick them up, like Box Boy and Box Girl came out this year. Mm. Ape Out, which I know you played. And Ape you, Out was fun. You thought it was good, so I might pick up Ape Out. Uh, Crash Team Racing, I might pick up, because I know that's probably on your game of the year list. Racing slash game, sports game of the year, don't you know, according so, to the Game Awards. So there you go, see. Uh, so there's, some, there's a lot of games I missed this year. I kind of had like a six to eight month period of not playing anything, really. Yeah. Nothing substantial, which I think is partially because no, there were no games that really kind of wet my appetite and because yeah. of other shit. I had a weird time of it because like there were gaps where I didn't play a lot 
but I was pretty much playing something all year, but like two of the games I sunk the most time into were old games. Like I played, I yeah. finished Red Dead Redemption 2 and I had like half of the game left because that game's long as fuck. And I also played Last of Us, which, Last you know, that, great. You know, that took a good amount of time and I loved it. Um, but obviously it's an old game. And, and then there were a lot of games that like my time with them was extended you know like like i played fire emblem for you know it was like it's like a 50 some odd experience and i only have so much time to play so it would be like okay cool i'm gonna play for like four or five hours a night for you know like if they do a a dlc for that do you think you'll go back oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i i'll go back anyway i think you know, have you I, done two of the any? Have you only done one of the story? Yeah, I've, so I've only done the Golden Deer storyline, and I, I plan okay. on going back eventually. But what ended up happening was when I beat it, I let Sarah take it so she could play it, and she played through her first sto- her first playthrough, and then started her second one. Wow! So she's so she like got hooked as well. Oh my god! Yeah, that's also like the way she plays games. Like when she gets into a game, she gets like very like yeah, I'm the same. Like addicty about it, and it's yeah. like I'm gonna do everything there is to do twice, and then I'll be done. Okay, no, I'm not like that. I can't. I'm not a completionist yeah. at all. I just like once I'm done with a game, I can just walk away from it. Like yeah, Pokemon Let's Go. I was just like, oh, I finished the main story. I'm done. I don't need to go and capture the Pokemon and do all the end game stuff. That's enough for me. Sure. Yeah, and, like, and I'm I'm a big proponent of when you feel like a game you've had your fill run of the game you've had your fill of it just walk away from it. I was the same with like um, Link's Awakening. Like I, I'm probably never going to finish that game. I'm I know what it's like. I know where it's going. I'm kind of just done with it. But I had yeah. a good time when I was playing it. I get that. I do that with a decent amount of games. Like I I never finished Kingdom Hearts three this year, which I really want to go back and finish it just to like kind of quote-unquote end that trilogy um especially because i don't think and i'll they be just playing. announced something for it though yeah dlc so um, it's like it's not the end of the trilogy then if there's some dlc coming out yeah but the dlc is like not total. it's like a weird side thing it doesn't like continue the story yeah as wait much till as... they do like kingdom hearts 3.33333 well that's the thing is i think i'm done like i don't i like if i do go back and finish three which again i'd like to do just to do it um, I don't think I'll play another Kingdom Hearts game. I think I'm out on that franchise now, which is kind of sad, but it's also like I'm almost 30 years old, and I started that emotional journey when I was eight, and it didn't make sense. Well, it kind of made sense then, and it's don't increasingly... Don't you you're almost 30 years old at 26, Pete. I'm don't almost be 30, me feel Steve. Old, right? I'm almost 30 now. Yeah. I'm pushing 30. <laughs> My partner's almost 20. And they're having like an existential crisis about Does it. That, well, I get that. I remember feeling that way at that time in my life as well. Mm. But like, Jesus Christ, you don't know how easy you have it then. <laughs> well, like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Yeah. It's like, you got like six years to figure it out, bro. Like, it's <laughs> fine. I'm sure that makes you feel old too, though. Yeah, it does. Really old. Where it's like, I can yeah. turning 20. You're a senior. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. What are you going to do, man? Time makes fools of us all. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's uh let's talk about what are the games that you're most excited for in 2020 animal crossing for sure like really excited about animal crossing yeah the last of us 2 yeah can't wait for the last of us 2 resident evil 3 is definitely on okay. the list for um, me those two are the same but instead of resident evil sub in cyberpunk and that's cyberpunk's the three- there but i to be honest i don't know if i'm gonna have the time to play it 
It's, it's going to be the length of The Witcher, and it's like, I, I bought Red Dead Redemption 2, and I became nowhere near finishing that thing. That's a game I'm going to make time for, in the same way that I did for Red Dead, where it's just like, yeah, it's going to be like 100 hours, but I'm going to soak it up, because yeah. it just seems like a game I really am going to dig, you know, like, it has a lot of the elements of what I want most in gaming, where, like, it's that insanely deep almost slavish devotion to giving you choice like that is the biggest factor for me in like really really connecting with a game like there's nothing wrong with you know like the like naughty dog or like what jedi fallen order is doing where it's like hey this is our story these are our characters we're gonna tell you a story like i love that that style i like that a lot and i think that we need games like that um those are great, like, 20-hour experiences, you know? But, like, a game like Cyberpunk where you can really, like, have a lot of control and sink your teeth in, like, I think that's very attractive. And, yeah. like, most of my favorite games of all time are that kind of game, you know? Like, Dragon Age, Mass Effect. Like, those those kinds of games, I think, stick with you because you, you are, like... Look at look at look at the ramifications of my choices and my actions. Well, yeah, I basically like anything Bethesda, right? Bethesda exactly. Game Studios, but all out like any of that stuff. Like that that is such an appealing thing for me in games because that's like what makes games unique from any other yeah. art form. I, I, you know, the thing, specifically Fallout. The thing I like about that is you have to like pick a faction in the later games. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't really the case in Fallout Three, and it was I think it was something Obsidian put back in in New Vegas, and they kind of carried it forwards in Four and Seventy Six. And it's like you go away, you have to pick a side, you have to like. There's going to be some people that hate you, and you're going to have to live with that. You have to live yeah. with the consequences of what you've done. And I, I I love that. So when I look at Cyberpunk and how deep it looks, and the fact that it's like CD Projekt, who obviously like you know. Whether or not you or I connect connected with The Witcher, you can't deny its objective quality and the depth yeah. of like its side quests and like how much how how much effort they put into making the world feel lived in. And I look at Cyberpunk, which is a setting that's more appealing to me because I love swords and sorcery, but it's also like a little been there, done that. You know, like we have Witcher, we have Skyrim, we have Dragon Age, we have this, we have that, we have this, we have that. It's like okay, there's a lot of fantasy stuff in gaming. Um, but cyberpunk as a genre is not super well explored in video games or mass media in general. So, yeah, I mean, the whole, like, cyberpunk aesthetic is something that even speaks to me. You know, like, I love tech I, and I, I love punk. <laughs> I just hope that's not all we're going to see for, like, the coming the coming next two to five years is cyberpunk oh, like everything. This, I this really game, like, don't want inspiring to everything yeah. to be cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope not to. I think there's, you're going to see happen. some, at least on some level, like video I games. Think I think we're also only just seeing like the inspirations of Breath of the Wild come into fruition of like yeah. what that game inspired. Remember that Ubisoft game, Gods and Monsters, is meant to be coming out next year. Oh my I'm god! I'm yeah. quite looking forward to that. Hopefully, that's still that's not like delayed into 2021. Yeah, um, that's a good looking game. I was looking forward to that Watch Dogs Legion, the one set in England, but I don't yeah. know if that's going to be coming out in 2020 either because I know they've delayed that with no like yeah. release date. I think they. I th- I'm guessing they delayed that so it can be a simul yeah. release, so they can get it on the new consoles. What do you think of um, the new consoles? Do you think you're going to be picking 
one of them up next year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely going to And which side be... do you think is going to be? PlayStation, 100%. Really? PS5? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the only console generation where I didn't pick Sony, like, PS3 as my... era? Yeah, and it was just because it was too expensive and I didn't have a job. Like, I was a minor still and my parents were the ones buying my video games because I think it came out yeah. when I was, like, 14 or 13 and I didn't get a job until, you know, a year or two later. Um... So there was just no way. There was no way I was going to get a $600 console, you know, and I... I think very... that's how much... I genuinely think that's how much the next generation is going to sell at. It doesn't matter. Five ninety nine. I have a job now, so it's like, who cares? Yeah. Like, I have expendable income. I have credit cards. You know, like, I can get a console at launch now if I want to. Um, and I will. Because, you know, with Sony, like, with the PS3, like, I very much convinced myself the 360 was better because I had it, and all my friends had it, and, you know... The unlo- 360 was the better console. Like, it really was the more powerful, better console. Not more powerful, but... Yes, it was. It really was. It? was. Yeah. Really? Um, Are you sure? That GPU. No, 100% it did. Okay. Like, Digital Foundry are always talking about how terrible the PS3 was, essentially, because no one knew how to program for that fucking thing. Yeah, I know the cell architecture made it, like, a bitch to develop for, and there were a lot of third-party games like Skyrim that didn't run very well and had a lot of issues. But, I mean, the, the library of the PS3 is really what sets it apart. Um, what did you What did you make of that PS5 game that was announced at the Game Awards? Did you see it? No, Godfall from I have no Gearbox. interest in it. It's yeah. They, as soon as they said, "Oh, it's a looter slasher," I was like, "Okay, I don't care. I don't like loot yeah. games. I don't want to play another Destiny or whatever. Like, I don't like that kind of game. And if I am gonna play a game like that, it's probably gonna be the Avengers game that comes out. Like, okay. Because I like Crystal Dynamics, and obviously, like, I like Marvel. So, like. If I'm going to get into that game, it would. It, if I'm going to get into a game like that, it's either going to be Marvel or Anthem 2.0 when they relaunch Anthem if it's actually good because I like Bioware. But I have no interest in like uh, a game like that from a studio I don't know, like whatever. Like if it's good, I'll check it out, whatever, whatever. But on its face, no interest. Do but you think I you'll did- get into any of the um, streaming things? Stadia, xCloud? Nah. Uh, well, xCloud maybe. Because my thing is, I'm looking at this next generation where, like, obviously we have Switch. And if there's a Switch Pro model, I'll pick that up. Uh, I'm definitely getting a PS5 because PlayStation, for my money, has the best exclusives of any of the, you know. At the moment. But have you been seeing the studios that Microsoft are buying? Right, which is the thing. Those are all attractive, but I have a gaming PC, so like, if I want to play those games, I could play them on my PC. Well, but uh, the weird thing is, a lot of the PS4 exclusives are coming to the Epic Game Store. Not really, though. Like, Death it's Stranding's like, coming next year to the Death, Epic Game Store. It's like what Death the Stranding's fuck? not first party though. Like Sony published it, but they don't. I own... mean, it sort of is first party. It's using a first party game engine. Yeah, but again, like you're right. It sort of is. But, like, when they announced Death Stranding and they announced the Kojima partnership and everything, like, I'm pretty sure they said it would come to PC at a later date. Because, like, that that it, it's very much like how the strategic partnerships they've made with, like, Persona or, like, with um, the – what is it? Quantic Dream yeah, until recently. Yeah, that was the other game that's come like, to Epic Games Store. Or also like in Journey. Some- came to Epic Game Store. Yeah, but again, all of those are all of those are studios they had a second party relationship uh-huh. with, not a first but how, party. But but now you're getting to the point where Microsoft don't have as many studios as Microsoft. 
You said Microsoft doesn't have as many as Microsoft, but you mean Sony. No, Sony don't have as many as yeah. Microsoft, yeah. They still do. They have Sony has a pretty big stable. Like they have they have studios that you don't think about too. You know, like cuz I'm pretty sure they own they owned 14 at their peak and they might be down to 11 now. Yeah. Is that right? Uh I have no idea, but I know like I'm pulling it up. Uh they've got Bend, Forwardworks, Gorilla, Insomniac which I forgot they bought. Japan Studio, London Studio, Media Molecule, which are doing Dreams, Naughty Dog, the Manchester Studio, which I think is gone now. No, they're still open. Polyphony Digital, which are like only do Gran Turismo and never have done anything else. Yeah, and then you've got... But really, the only ones you see are Gorilla, Naughty Dog, Bend, Insomniac, Polyphony. No, and Sucker Punch. Are you kidding me? They're working... like What? And Sony Santa Monica. Oh, Santa Monica, yeah. Yeah, like, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, they have several, and you can't, like, discount the other ones just because they work on things that you don't play, like... No, it's not that they don't work on things I don't play. They're assistive studios. A lot of them are assistive studios. Yeah, yeah, some of them. They're not working on their own IPs. Yeah, but it's like, you know, what, like... Like you said, Bend obviously is is like one of the smaller ones. I think like Gorilla and Som- well, Bend are putting out their own games. Like they put they put out that um, zombie game, right? Yeah, they just did that, right? Um, but it's like Japan is they do a lot of the like um, you like they did like Pat Upon and Loco Roco and Gravity Rush. Uh, you know, Sony London I think is the one that does. What do they do? They do like the they do a lot of the VR stuff. Oh, yeah, that's why I couldn't count this back. Um, Media Molecule does Dreams, Dreams, and they did Little yeah. Big Planet. Uh, Pixelopolis is one of the newer ones, and, and they did Concrete Genie. Oh, that London just studio came out. does all the, like, trash that I don't care about. SingStar, iToy. Right, yeah. So, London but it's like for the PlayStation VR, PlayStation VR worlds. Obviously, Polyphony does Gran Turismo. Um, San Diego does the MLB stuff. Like the show and and whatever, um, yeah. So it's like, you know, I feel like uh, Santa Monica does God of War, and they did all that indie stuff. You know, like they were the incubator for the indies a few years ago. So it's like they have a lot, and I think when you compare it to what Microsoft has, like Microsoft is building out a really great stable for themselves, but all those games will be available on PC. So it's just a matter of like me as yeah, a player. Yeah, but that's fine because I'm never ever going to play a game on a PC because I fucking hate sitting at a desk and playing it. And I would much rather sit in front of a, of a TV and playing it. I agree with you, which is why I think there's a chance I'll get an Xbox. And, I don't and, know- f- and for Microsoft, it really doesn't matter if you buy it on a PC or buy Game Pass on a PC because you're already buying Windows from them if you bought a PC as well. Right. It's like they, they've got all of their eggs and you can, put them, you can put them in whichever basket you want and they really don't care because they're getting your cash regardless. Right. And my thing is I, I will definitely get a PS5 at launch. I will probably not get an Xbox at launch, but I will probably get an Xbox later. It's going to depend on the exclusive at launch, because if there's something on PS5, like, if they all of a sudden say, like, the next Uncharted's coming out is a PS5 launch exclusive, which I don't think is going to happen, because I'm busy working on Last of Us 2. Yeah. Or, like, say there's a Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac, you know people are going to be buying that instantly mm-hmm. for PS5. But I Oh my god, I hope that rumor brought... of Horizon Zero Dawn 2 as a launch title is yeah, real. I, I hope it's be. real no, so really. bad. But I, but like you look, I look at what Microsoft got. They got Obsidian. They bought Ninja Theory. They bought Double Fine. They've got Rare. They've got Mojang. 
There's so much they could do at launch with a with a Xbox, but we, and they, we know there's going to be that uh, new Halo game. Yeah, I don't think I'm they will though, because about. it's like almost all of those studios like were acquired recently and have games that they're working on for other people or finishing or whatever. Some of them are. Some of them are like Playground Games, for example, with pretty much only worked with Microsoft for the past like decade. Yeah, so whatever they've got, you know, is like in the bank. So which I'm is, not trying which to... is which is rumored to be the next Fable game. Wow, that would be so cool. I really want another Fable. Um, and that's the thing, right? Like, I'm not trying to discredit the studios that Microsoft has. It's just that, like, if there is a super compelling Microsoft launch game, I can just pick it up on PC if I really want to play it. If I'm if I can't if I can't live without playing it, and I need to pick between one or the other, I'm gonna buy a PS4 and buy whatever Microsoft exclusives come out on PC until there's a good deal on an Xbox, or until the next year when I have more expendable income. If you bought the Xbox, what about this? Like, what about this rumor of like there's gonna be a lower powered Xbox that potentially plays the same games but uh, like lower graphics because it just has a it has the same CPU but like a lower resolution graphics card. Yeah. Versus, and you can still stream from from X Cloud, probably at the the higher graphic fidelity that you would get from like a an Xbox Series X in a data center somewhere. Versus spending six hundred quid to have like the biggest <laughs> ridiculously sized tower computer underneath your TV. Which one do you think you'd be more like willing leaning towards? If you've already got a PS Five, would you be more tempted for the like lower? quality one or would you still want like the best of the best i want the high spec console underneath my tv the high spec one i think if i'm gonna own it i'd rather own the best version you know like i again like i have money and like video games are one of my favorite hobbies so like i'd rather like i have a nice 4k tv in my living room so like i want to have a console that can take advantage of that you know but you'll still be able to do that because like xbox one x is 4k the next version of like the, yeah. the Xbox is still going to be 4K. But you want you want the you one want that like runs the, the yeah. best. I want 4K, 60 FPS, locked, uh-huh. all that bullshit. Like if I'm gonna get one, I might as well get the good one. And yeah. XCloud is and Game Pass are one or each one of the primary reasons I'm even considering it. Because like the whole like streaming future, like I I don't think we're there yet. But I no. think. From what I've heard, xCloud works really well, and if I'm already going to own an Xbox and it's just, like, a additional thing, like, it's like, yeah, okay, like, I could see myself playing all my third-party games on Xbox instead of PlayStation and, like, being able to stream them to my phone when I'm on the go or whatever. Honestly, what like, I really want is them to just go, you know, we've got Project X, well, we've got xCloud, and we've got a Nintendo Switch client for xCloud, so you can buy Game Pass once, and you can take your Nintendo Switch with its controls wherever you go, and you can stream xCloud. I want that so bad. I, I, I hope that that ends up working out. That would be something else. But yeah, I think I think I'll probably end up getting one down the line just because I think Microsoft is doing a good job of you selling us it, this console. This general, yeah, right? there is literally no reason to buy an Xbox One, no reason. Yeah. Like the only exclusives that ever existed on it all came to PC, and that's still going to be the case. But for me, it was I could spend. I think I ended up spending like one hundred and seventy pounds on it, and it came with like six months of Game Pass, and I was like. For that Why price, not? I can go. I can go play all the exclusives. I know that every upcoming exclusive that's a Microsoft Studio game is coming to Game Pass. That's the thing, right? Like the only games that came out on Xbox that were exclusives that I had any real interest in were not that 
special. Like I wanted to play um, Sunset Overdrive because I love Insomniac, yeah. but I didn't, and I wasn't going to buy a console for it. And when it finally came to PC, I was kind of like, well, I'm kind of over not being able to play that game. It came out like six years ago. Who cares? It's a good and game. You should play it. I'm sure it is. I'd love to play it at some point, maybe when I get an Xbox. Uh, and then similarly – uh, the rare replay collection, but it's like, okay, what am I going to buy a console so I can play a bunch of old games? Like, no, or, uh, um, oh my God, what was that game called? It was that one that, uh, it was made by the Mega Man creator. It was like him and, oh, and it's like, I can't remember, but I can see it. You played this woman and like you had an orb and you'd put it in different robots. Oh, I have to, no like, idea what Recore, Recore, Recore was the okay, name of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it reviewed like super soft and I was like, okay, maybe I don't need to play this. Like, you know, it's like whatever. Like, they're, what about they're, Quantum it, Break? Like, that's meant to be really good from Remedy Yeah, games. but I wasn't super interested in it. Like, I'm sure it's cool yeah. or whatever, but it, it isn't the kind of software that motivates me to buy a console. Like, if I what, had if it, there I'd was, try like, it. If there was like an exclusive that didn't come to pc that's on xbox already what would it have been that would have like dragged you in like you're a big halo fan or a big gears fan that you're like oh yeah that's what i want i've never cared about gears i like halo a lot but i don't feel like halo has been essential in a long time um i think it would need to be it would need to be a game that was like you know the equivalent of what sony and nintendo put out you know and like i don't think any of microsoft's exclusives so are if, on like, that level if say spider-man in like an alternate universe microsoft somehow owned the rights to spider-man and that insomniac game yeah, came to xbox one. it would have been like yeah. a day one purchase 100 mm-hmm. percent, yeah and i and i might have bought an xbox rather than play it on pc because i would have been like well i don't really like playing on pc i don't want to sit at my desk and i sit at my desk enough you know and especially like my pc is like in my studio which is in the basement which is not in the central part of my home and that's like where i want to be when i'm gaming i want to be in my living room sitting on the tv with my partner or my cat or whatever and like you know enjoying my space and not sequestered in the basement you know so yeah i think that's that's the stuff i'm looking for is like you need that quality of release for me to like really care and i think now they have that because they have this staple of the stable of studios and I think they could convince me to buy an Xbox and hook I, it up. I mean, I think if Outworlds Two is in front, what was that? What was that like? Toys like like little the next um um Obsidian game. It's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and you're like out in the garden, and you're like these little oh, people. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That is yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, that does look cool. But it's probably not enough again to like drive you to buy it. That's like a little Obsidian game. Like if Outworlds Two is like at the level of we've got like ridiculously high fidelity graphics, we've voiced absolutely everyone in the game, yeah. including you as a character. And like again, like uh, if the new Halo is really good, if Fable comes out and it's good, like uh, good. if if Rare puts out a game ever that's not they're doing one did you not see the the trailer that they uh posted yeah right you have no idea what the gameplay is but it's like oh look at this is a tease from rare yeah and like that looks cool like you know so like they're they're, they have stuff that i'm interested in it's just like is it enough for me to buy a console rather than just bite the bullet and play a game on my pc yeah it's interesting that this generation towards the end think we kind of lost the um timed exclusive somewhat you you know remember like um that was such a big deal at the beginning it was like a huge deal. like tomb raider is a timed exclusive on ps4 it's like oh okay <laughs> and it fucking killed that game <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but like, um, murdered it 
I think on the previous generation there was like timed exclusive DLC for like Grand Theft Auto and stuff and like we oh had like yeah even like Destiny shit. I remember had that yeah. where it was like there was stuff that like never like by the time it came out in Destiny on Xbox it wasn't even like relevant anymore yeah, it was like, like gear that was anymore. not usable yeah. yeah it's ridiculous I'm glad we've kind of moved away from that and I hope like now with crossplay that becomes even less and less of a factor in the next generation yeah it probably will um it probably will become less and less relevant as time goes on. But I, I don't know what Sony's deciding factor of, other than, like, we've got the best exclusives. That's really all they've got, because they yeah, don't have like, anything like Game Pass. They don't that's have... it, though. Yeah. That's more important than anything, in my opinion, and I think... I mean, I don't know, like, I think the PlayStation 4 won for a lot of reasons this generation, but... Yes. I don't think that's an insignificant part of it. Well, it's I think, like, the, again, price was a factor. No one cared about sure. Connect. No one wanted their like game console to be the media hub of the living room. Right. And like, then on top of that, there are, you know, almost every year, at least for the last few years, one of the game of the year contenders is a Sony game. So it's like, to me, like, that's the deciding factor is like, if I can't play games like Spider-Man or Horizon or whatever, like, you know, I'm missing out on uh, some of the best games, but also the games that speak to me the most, because that's like the genre of games I like the most is third person action story driven games. So I th- I think if Horizon's a launch title uh, for PS5, it could again lose out to Nintendo for Game of the Year if Breath of the Wild 2 comes out next year. It could it be could. the exact same situation of when Horizon launched the same week as Breath of the Wild. Fucking really again, hope not. Again, we could have the exact same thing happen for Breath of the Wild 2 and Horizon Zero Dawn 2. I really, really hope not, but we'll have to wait until 2020 to see. So thanks for joining us here on this special episode of the podcast slash After Dark, but during the daylight i don't know how to say it this has been a weird one but thanks for joining us uh, next week we'll be back hopefully with pixel to do our game of the year and predictions for 2020 all that fun stuff so uh, make sure you keep it tuned here to uh see who's crowned game of the year and for those of you who wrote in questions the last two weeks i'm really sorry thank you for sending them in i'm sitting on them they will be in our our end of the year special i didn't want to waste them this week so uh you know thanks for being patient you know we'll catch you next week for another episode of the podcast oh wait Go and like that's us. Not how, that's not how we sign after dark off, anyway. That the, you know, I know this is like a weird. It's weird. Like I feel like I have to with... do plugs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you do. Go like us on your platform of choice. Subscribe with the RSS, all that stuff. You know how to get a podcast. Uh, if well, we're don't somewhere, don't forget to tell them that if they liked this style of show, we do one of these every single week over on uh, Patreon.com/slash/loopbox, and they yes, can pay. Yes, which you can get at the five dollar level. Yeah. Uh, it we really appreciate it. it. Helps us keep the lights on. Helps us do new shows. Uh, bring on new talent, all that fun stuff uh, to help the 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 channel keep growing. So uh, if you like what we do, head over to Patreon. Give us your support. If you want to connect with us, go visit us at uh, our Discord, which is a great little community of potheads always talking about video game stuff, um, trading Pokemon, all kinds of fun stuff. So go go join us there. Come chat with us. We're in there all the time. Uh, if you want to get in touch, you can hit me up, Pete, at Lupots.com. If you want to write in your questions like all those fine folks did, uh, we're on you know social media at Lupots and uh, Lupots.com for news and reviews, all that stuff. Um, go check us out. We're all over the web. Thanks for joining us. I promise the regular show is a lot more regimented than this. If you are a first-time listener, I hope you'll join us again next week for uh, another episode of the podcast. And we'll catch you next time after dark. See? There you go. I did it. <laughs> DJ, in the future, leave leave the there I go, I did it. Like put that whole that that's the end of the episode. <laughs>